0: As much as people depend on us as leaders, you need someone who believes in you. You need a place to be open and honest with someone who's walked in your shoes and wants to help you become the leader you are meant to be. This is that place with those kind of people. Welcome to the Relational Leader Podcast with your host, Randy Bazette. Each episode will sit down and engage in life-giving conversation, unpacking leadership's greatest challenges. And now, your host, Randy Bazette. I'm glad you've decided to check out the Relational Leader Podcast. Whether you're a lead pastor or just a volunteer leader or staff person in your church, we all go through so many things in ministry and we have to make so many decisions and deal with so many things that a lot of times we're unsure of what to do. So I wanted to have a place where we could sit together and have conversations about real topics, real things that we're dealing with and could glean and grow and get some wisdom from those things. And I think if we do that, then we can all be better if we're learning through this together. So that's the heart of this podcast. I pray that you learn something today, that you grow and you become better in who you are as a person and as a leader. And I pray today that this podcast blesses you.
1: Well, welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. I'm Kristen, and so glad to be joining you today. As always, I am with Randy Bezet. How you doing, sir?
0: Hey, I'm great, Kristen. So glad to be here. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Relational Leader Podcast I'm really glad you're here today. I'm excited today, Kristen, for what we're going to be talking it, about.
1: It, it, I am too. It's going to be a great conversation. You know, a lot of times, and listeners, you've come to know this. Um, we do, hopefully you find some encouragement and and things, but you also get a lot of practical tips and tools and and things like that. But this conversation is going to be a little bit different, a little bit uh, really focused on encouraging you uh, where you are. And we've got a really special guest joining us to help help do that
0: yeah we really do I, I love the fact that uh as a pastor i'm looking for tools man give me something i can i can go home and take the cellophane off and i can plug it in and and run these leadership principles and that that's what the primary purpose of this is however there are moments when we, we don't need a system what we need is we need to hear from god Absolutely. we need to we need to be spiritually empowered and in tune to what he's saying and today Today's gonna be one of those days. And I think God has a lot to say to the church, especially right now with this season we're in. And I couldn't think of a better person to help us speak to that today than it really, uh, she's become a dear friend to our family, her family and our family. And this, the connection is a God thing. You know, sometimes when you connect with people, you can just tell you're, you're supposed to do life together. And that's exactly what's happened here. Pastor Charlotte, her and her husband, Steve, they pastor an incredible church. Uh, in the UK uh, Life Church, doing a great work there. Uh, obviously they have a couple of kids as well. They have Hope and Noah, they're awesome kids too. man they've done an incredible job of raising them in ministry. They love the church, they love their family. And so that that speaks a lot to a leader, their kids and, and how they love the church and how they love each other. And uh, Charlotte, you're an incredible teacher, you're an incredible author. Uh, Your church is great. But what I love about you is how you love the church. And you love pastors, like the leaders of the church. And you give most of your time and your effort to empowering and speaking to leaders and to churches. In in fact, that's going to be your legacy, Charlotte. Thank you for your prophetic word and your heart for the church, for Bayside and the Capital C Church really around the world. And so thank you for being here today and being a part of this podcast.
2: Well, it's my pleasure. I wish I was with you in person. But I'm really thankful that I'm with you for probably the first time ever. And I don't have jet lag. That's pretty awesome. So (laughs) (laughs) there's something to be said for that, I have to say. But I'm so thrilled to be with you. I love you guys. Randy and Amy are top draw people. And uh, them and their kids have become, like Randy just said, great friends of ours. Family, and in fact, it was Randy that actually became soon the fastest, like, favorite for my kids and the <laughs> that we go visit. I think that was because he let them run on the roof of the building. I think we broke some rules, which we probably shouldn't be saying. <laughs> no, we're gonna we edit this deal. out. He said, "Be real." So i real, and uh, he bribed them in many, many ways. So yeah, you're high
1: on the list of favorites. <laughs> that's awesome. That's the Uncle Randy
0: coming yeah. out. <laughs> no, that's that's who I am with the kids, man. I just wanna I want to make sure they have a good time. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Well, Charlotte, we are so glad that you joined us today. Thank you so much for taking time, and uh, really excited to jump into this conversation and really see where the Holy Spirit leads us um, in encouraging churches and pastors and leaders that are listening today. You know, I know that on your heart, you know, there's been so much economic response and political response to what's going on in this COVID-19 coronavirus that's happening all around the world, but really there's a spiritual response that 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 we have the opportunity to take. And I know God's been stirring some things on your heart, and I just want to kind of use that as a launching pad and kick off the conversation with maybe what's 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 God stirring on your heart about a spiritual response that the church should be taking in this season?
2: Well, I think for me, um, I mean, the, the word, just to explain the context, the word that we call our quarantine over here is lockdown. So it's been called the lockdown. That's what they say on the news, that's what they say on all of the broadcasts, you know, you're in lockdown, which in itself feels so, um, like it's taking away all your rights, all your choices. And I think we've all felt like our choices have been removed, right? We felt our choice to meet a community of believers, our choice to go to the grocery store, all those choices simply were removed from us almost overnight. And this term lockdown in the UK was used and just in that that shock and then the response to that, I just really felt this awakening inside me to remind the church that you still have the power of choice. There the, the might be certain choices that have been taken from you, but the most important choices will always be still within you. The choice of what you do with this season, the choice of your confession, the choice of how you plan the future. You know, the circumstance may have limited your choices, but spiritually it hasn't. And then... Because I think with my leadership brain, and that's what I love about this podcast is we're talking to leaders. You know, you've got to then take it a step further than that. And I began to think, you know, this is a time in history when kids are going to be in school and they're going to study this. They're going to be like, what happened when the whole world went into quarantine? What happened? They're going to study the economic response. They're going to study how the politicians handle it in different countries. We're going to study educational implications. All of that will be in the study books. But you know what we need to not forget? It will also be that we are writing the spiritual textbook. Amen. What happened spiritually across the world when we went into lockdown? How did the church respond? Were they on the front lines? Were they even visible? Were they negative? Were they complaining about the fact that their church was shut? Or were they actually helping people move forward? in a season by a shift in mindset and a shift in the way that they saw things. How did the church respond to the needs outside the church, inside the church? We are writing. and So I began this whole kind of thinking series that I've been journaling called the Lockdown Letters, because that really is what we're writing. We're writing the letter right now in our lockdown. And that took me to the word of God. And I began looking at the word of God thinking, Oh my gosh, do you know how many people in the Bible wrote a letter from lockdown that we are living from? I mean, think about Paul. He wrote over half of his writings from a place of lockdown. He was in a prison cell, all his privileges were removed. He was in a place where he had limited choice when it came to circumstance. And he wrote things in that place that I'm not sure that we are writing in ours when we actually are in our own homes with running water with people that we love. He wrote things like, praise the lord in every circumstance i say it again praise the lord i'm like i'm not sure that's in my letter this season <laughs> yeah and right to say randy said to be honest before this went live he was not praising wait the lord. Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, wait, wait 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 charlotte no that was offline <laughs> i used to be real i'm just saying i mean he was like i'm over it i get it i feel
2: exactly But I'm just so challenged that those guys that went before us, those heroes of the faith, you know, Joseph, in a time of confinement and lockdown, wrote an entire strategy for a nation, which meant that when he exited, he was prime minister leading the charge. You know, I think about all the people that were in a time of exile. Daniel lived his whole life in exile removed from his own home, from his own family. And yet everything we read in Daniel is about how that does not matter. If you are a leader, you lead in those seasons and you don't just lead, you leave a legacy by what you write. I think that's the challenge for all those leaders. I, this is not small things; this is a big thing.
0: I totally agree, man. That is, If that will not challenge <laughs> you pastors that are listening, then you just can't be challenged. Because if you think about what you're saying, we are so focused I am okay to be real since you brought it up Charlotte okay <laughs> all right I know I am I'm focused on what has been lost right rather than what is left it, it, you know what are the opportunities that are a- ahead of us and so we may say well the church can't meet well I, I don't know here's where I got challenged in all of this Charlotte and for all of our listeners as well and it was the fact that I put too much emphasis on weekend service gatherings. Now that is biblical, it's obviously part of Acts, but I put so much on that that I forgot that that isn't all the church, and what is the purpose of that gathering anyway? And so it's not that the church is not meeting, it's just new opportunities for us, as you say, in exile, to encourage the church and encourage our people. Maybe it's in a different way, but but that is the opportunity that we have before us. And if I will quit focusing on what's been lost through all of this, And I'll look at what's left and what's the opportunity in front of us. Then I think we will rewrite the history of the church. And if you look at the history of the church, the the times where it's grown and taken the most ground was when it faced the greatest opposition, like hymns church. You know, when they would sing hymns and 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 open up the hymnal and sing those. And then churches went to these overhead projectors. You you remember those, Charlotte? (laughs) projector. Thank you very much. That was the most powerful position besides the worship leader and the pastor. You were kind of, you were big time, you know, right. you got to get the slides just right. You, you, you know, sometimes you put them on there backwards and the words are upside down. Right. <laughs> I mean, you were, you were kind of big time at that. And that was a big deal for church. I can't believe they're using overhead projectors in the house of God. And of course, you know, the whole contemporary worship. And then remember when multi-site, came on the ground. How could you dare do that and, and have multi-site and then, you know, projectors and and streaming the the preaching to a church. And now we have an opportunity to realize that the church can go anywhere at any time through this online platforms that we're using. And the Holy Spirit can use anything. He can use hymns. He can use overhead projectors. He can use multi-site. He can use online. And I'm just going to choose to do what you're saying write a letter for what God is doing now and the opportunity I have rather than focus on what has been lost. And that's pastors, I think, what we have to at least start with in our own lives. And so thanks for challenging me and correcting me. You're so welcome. (laughs) Anytime. I think, you know, you know, I've been, you know, spending
2: a lot of time looking at, at with our team, even saying, look, this is a time when you should be writing your best songs. This is a time when you should be, I've sat with our our pastoral team, we should be writing our best pastoral programs in this season because we're more aware of pastoral needs and yet we're so restricted in how we normally handle them and respond to them, which should change the way we think about how we pastor, which only makes us better when we leave this scenario, when we go back, nothing should go back to normal. We all just go back to normal and we have missed a great opportunity. There are things, that shouldn't change. You know, you think about Daniel, he's in exile, right? He's in exile, what's the first thing they try and do? They try and change his name. So so, so Daniel, they tried to remove God out of his name and give him the name and his friends of foreign gods. I think the, the fundamentals, you don't let this season change. Number one, you don't let it rename you. We don't let it change the name that God has given us, the house of God, the people of God, the community of God. He didn't let their name define him. He knew who he was. So the church have to still know who they are in this season and don't allow this season, oh, well, now we don't need church. Yes, we do. Well, now we don't meet together because we got so used to it. Yes, we do. You know, there are some things in this season that it should affirm in us and make us more devout about. Second thing they tried to do is to try to change his diet. So in this season, we should refuse, like Daniel, to have our diet changed. We still believe in the word of God. We still read. We still pray. We still worship. We still give. You might not be able to put your money in a receptacle on Sunday, but you encourage people, no, those are the disciplines like Daniel to. We still do those things in a season of exile. I think there are fundamentals that we, to our core as leaders, have to nail our colors to the master and say, we build the house of God, we read the word of God, we have a devotional. Those things don't change. But then, everything outside of that is up for us to write a new story, a new chapter about you know, you know, outside of that, we can get creative. It's not like everything gets changed. The fundamentals stay the same. But when we come back, we make the fundamentals even better if we take the time to write some stuff in this season. And I think, I think that's what I would say to the pastors listening. Don't be so preoccupied with what's in front of you that you miss the season this is to write some things for what's ahead of you.
1: You know I, I you said something just a minute ago, and you said, "You know we shouldn't return back to normal mm-hmm. when this comes back." And normal, though, is that's a hard thing to fight. Um, when things begin to come back on and quote unquote, begin to look more normal. So how do, do you, Randy and Charlotte, how are you planning or, you know, how do you fight normal? You know, what, what can you encourage church leaders and pastors to do as to, to fight against normal and actually use this to propel change and some of the things that you're, you're speaking to?
0: Well, you know, for me, what, what I'm going to do is if you listen to what Charlotte is saying right now and you realize that, uh, listen, uh, there are certain things that are not going to change. So normal is always going to be, I'm a, I'm a Christian first, I'm not an American first, or I'm not British first, or wh- wherever your, your history is, uh, that I'm, I'm not going to change my name. This is who I am. Those are things that are going to be normal. So let's, let's figure out what the most important things are in our life. Our diet, I was so brilliant. I'm going to feast on the word of God. I'm going to feast on building the church. Okay, those are staples that are not going to change. So when I come back, I'm going to continue to feed the church the same thing. So all the other things, as Charlotte said, the ancillaries, the the secondary things, mm-hmm. uh, how we do church is is going to change. But I'm going to leave the big rocks, the big rocks. I tell you, I think, though, Charlotte, people are starving for God's presence again in corporate worship. And I think we're all doing a good job of creating those worship moments digitally and online. But I think as soon as pastors and churches can start figuring out ways in smaller settings, whether it be with your dream teamers or your prayer meetings, by the way, we're turning those prayer meetings back on starting next week, or if people want to watch online, keep going. But if you want to come and, and gather and be a part of worship, that corporate anointing, people are starving for it. And when they get that, man, it's going to be, I think it's going to, they're going to realize it's something that they loved and needed more than ever, part of the diet, if you will, that they're going to need more than ever. And and I can't wait to turn those things back on and stir that in people's hearts and feed them that as well.
2: Yeah, I think for me, you know, about three Uh, Three or four days into this thing, I felt God just drop this phrase in my heart, which I've kind of stuck to as kind of the thing that I keep using to assess me as a leader in answer to your question. And, And I felt God say, Charlotte, you've been absent in some areas where you need to be present. And in the areas where you're present, you need to affirm that you'll never be absent. So I went away and I thought about my life. I thought, what areas is this highlighted? I've been absent there and I should have been present. And then what areas is it highlighted? I've been present there and this is affirmed. I will never be absent there.
0: So for me, just
2: personally, as a leader, that looked like I had been absent and not even realized it, putting my voice out into the world. I mean, you know me fairly well, but you know, no one can find me on a podcast. No one can find me on any kind of form of social media. I'm really bad at all that stuff. I don't ever put my books up there or like I, I, I've avoided doing anything online or any because I'm just like, you know, I travel, I'm in the moment, and then I'm home with my family, and that's kind of it. And so there was this all of a sudden, I woke up in the morning about a week in, and I felt God say, I want you to kind of do something that puts the word of God out every day. Well, I have to be honest and say, when I decided I was going to do this, I thought that lockdown would maybe last like eight days. So I was like, "Okay, Lord, I'll give you eight days." <laughs>
0: so you negotiated with God.
2: <laughs> so I started doing a preach online every day, every day. I'm yeah. now in my tenth week. Every
0: I know. day know. And by of the way, preaching a new message. It's I know, and it's good. I watch it. So thank, oh, thank you. you. <laughs> I mean, that's what I use to build my sermons for the weekend. <laughs>
2: sure I'm helping pretty much every pastor. Yeah. If you're listening, you shot a a sermon, just go to my Instagram account. There's like 60 on there. (laughs) (laughs) But it made me realize I've been absent in that area. All of a sudden people are like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I've never used media that way. I've never put my preaching on that format. And I'm like, actually I can do this from my home. So that was an area for me where I was like, my voice was absent and it needed to be present. And it's unbelievable what that's opened up for me to consider for my future. But one of the things that also I felt God say was, you need to affirm where you're present and you're never going to be absent. And for me, that was building the local church, investing in leaders, because that's what I do. And this opportunity gives us all an option, doesn't it, to go, maybe I don't want to do that as much. Maybe I want to cut that out a little bit. So I think all of us have to ask that question as leaders. Where have I been absent? Some some leaders, their answer is going to be, I'm pastorally absent in my church. I have no idea who people are. I'm not involved in the pastoral program. I don't know. Some people it's going to be absent an with my family. I've so put my life into this church. I'm now realizing I have very little relationship with kids. Others it's going to be in a marriage. Others it's going to be in something like this, a networking forum. Pastors are realizing I don't have to do this alone. I've been absent in a community. and um, So all of us will have a different response to that. And I pray all of us when it comes to where do I need to be fully present Will go down that journey with God as well and be more committed than ever to stay our post.
1: That's so good. That's so encouraging. I can see you're challenging. i scribbling
2: really notes because you're trying to answer the question for
1: yourself, right? Yeah. Where am I? Where am I?
0: Exactly. It's, it is, a, it's
1: a challenging question. It
0: is a great, a great question. And, uh, it should cause us to be more focused. And I think if we don't ask ourselves that questions, then we'll go that question, those questions, then we will ultimately do the very thing that you said we shouldn't do, which is go right. back to life as normal. Mm-hmm. And and it shouldn't be. If we don't walk with a limp after this, if, mm, if we're not right. branded in some way after this, then then we will go back to normal and we will have missed this opera, this favorable moment, as the scripture says. Do not be foolish, but be wise, as Ephesians says, understanding these days, making the most of every opportunity. And if we do what you're saying, Charlotte, it will do that. I am challenged to the core. I can't wait to go be alone, lock myself in a quiet place and ask God that question and let him just speak to me. Pastors, I encourage you to do that.
2: I don't want to say, you know, I'm just following the Holy Spirit, but I want to say to some of the pastors listening, I think for some of you, you've been absent in the Word. You have maybe been getting sermons and, you know, doing, throwing it together because you're so busy and you have the perfect opportunity to spend time with God in the Word, not just for the church, but for yourself. Maybe you need to get back in the word for yourself. You know, that's one of the things, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but it wasn't It wasn't revealing of something in me that I've always known is in me. You know, to, to actually put a message together every day, I think I'm on my 68th message, it's not been a stress to me. Because when you live in a place where the word's in you, what's in you flows out of you. So it's not stressful for me or striving for me. And, and I'm not saying that that's the first thing that is the, you know, the main thing most people do. But I would say if you're leading, you're listening to this, you're leading, and maybe your church is a smaller size congregation, so you don't have the luxury of the amount of time in the world as other people do because you don't have the staff. I get it. But this has been a season where those excuses are removed. And I just pray that in that season we're using it to really look at Where have I been absent? I need to be present. You know, people should be journaling, writing, reading, whatever it is that that is the answer that, you know, okay, I've been absent in the Word. You know what? I've been absent in my prayer life. You know what? I've been absent in some areas of my life, and I need to show back up again. That would be the greatest gift that you give your church. And I think for us as leaders, it's upon us to do the hard work behind. You see, that's the thing about this. It's provided us with a season where we are hidden in a good way as leaders. You know, you're not in front of the people every week. You're not in the office with the staff every week. You're in a place that is safe to be vulnerable. You're home with the people that love you the most. And there's time to be vulnerable. And I think about Jonah. and um, You know, he had his own lockdown, didn't he, in the belly of a whale. And the whale was not punishment. The whale was God's gift to him. Because the whale was a place where he wasn't being tossed by the waves, but he was being protected in the belly of the whale. And Jonah had to face some stuff. He had to face some prejudice. He had to face some disobedience in him as a leader. He had to face some stubbornness in him as a leader. And he got to do it inside the belly of a whale, not in front of the Ninevites, not in front of the people on the boat, not in front of the people in his hometown or village in the belly of a whale. And when he got on his knees and said, I'm going to go back to the vow I gave you, God, I'm going to go back to the back. God said, okay, now you're ready. And he spit him out. And he landed in a place where actually he needed change to be able to bring salvation. And I pray we see this a bit of a belly over well experience. God, deal with me. I need to get back on my knees again. I need to, I need to get back to why I am a leader. Why did he even say yes to this job? Yeah. Maybe that's the question.
0: It is, you know, That's as great. I as I as I hear you saying that, I I think as a as a leader myself, and I think it would be a good opportunity for all of us as leaders who are listening to this, to go back to those moments where we used to be our sharpest spiritually. I mean, all of us are in ministry because we had a moment when God spoke to us, and yeah, I remember that. with first, getting giving my life to Christ and first being called to ministry, it you know, the problems were, were were still blue skies. It was an opportunity to do ministry, to love people, or to build his church or whatever it was. And and then as you do ministry and you start logging years and logging time, you your, your relationship with the Lord kind of grows cold because now you're, you're no longer doing it, as you said, out of the overflow of my personal relationship with God. I'm doing it as duty of things to build God's church that I'm supposed to do. And I, I would tell you, this is a great time while you can pull off the mask because you're not in front of people, you're in your home, you're, you're by yourself to begin to evaluate your own life. Have I lost my spiritual edge? In fact, that reminds me in the Old Testament, the prophet Elijah, one of the other prophets uh, came to him and says, look, I was chopping wood and I lost my, my axe head and it flew into this into this water, into this lake. And so Elijah went to him and he asked this question. He said, "Where did you lose your cutting edge?" And they went back to that very spot, and Elijah called it. He started, of course he stuck the handle into the into the water, and the axe head floated. But here's the point of the question, or, or the, the point of this comment. He said, "Where did you lose your cutting edge?" I know there are moments in my life where I had my cutting edge. I mean, I just felt sharp, like I it, it, any mountain was was not too big for God. Any lion was was not too great for, for me to slay or God to slay. I mean, it was, I was ready. And and pastors, I would encourage you, what are the things that you did back when you defined the win, and go back and start developing your cutting edge again? Mm. So you're getting fresh rhema from God, leadership wise and his word for your people and for yourself and for your own family. And then, you, then that will cause you to lead like you never have before. Where'd you lose your cutting edge?
2: I think the other part of that story that fits so perfectly with it is that the axe head was borrowed. Hmm. You know, he said, oh, my Lord, when it fell in the water, he said, oh, my Lord, it's borrowed. And I I'd add add to that and say, you know, where are you living off of borrowed? Something that's borrowed. You know, it's time for some pastors and leaders to get their own. You know, stop borrowing someone else's message or borrowing someone else's strength. Or borrowing someone else's courage, you know, let's borrow it like, like God speaks to us all. You know, He likes to have a one on one. And I think sometimes uh, we need moments to reveal actually, I don't even own that. I don't even own that revelation. I don't even own that understanding. And I need to own it for myself because when you own it for yourself, it's different than having something borrowed on the shelf of your life. Um, and so I think in all of this, there's a lot of work. I think the leaders, we should be doing the most work in this season internally so that we can lead well when we lead this season.
0: And I think that's where a lot of leaders are. They, it happens a lot. We all do it. We hear someone else and we borrow that thought. And, 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 but you can't just, as I mentioned earlier, you go to a conference or you listen to something and you take the plastic off and you plug it in. That's, that's borrowed. You need to hear from God. How does that pertain to my life as a pastor and a leader if my family and for my church so that it isn't borrowed anymore. It's actually mine. And you don't get that from just uh without having this personal sharpness that comes from your relationship with God. That's a good word, Charlotte.
1: It is. I mean, as I'm just sitting here listening, it's I mean, both of you are saying it it's a challenge to almost return to your first love. What, what really matters that the When God called you and what he put in your heart and using this season to really prepare for the future, but not just focus on preparing your church and strategies and all that, but it's you
0: personally. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I said earlier. People are missing more than anything else. It's not that they're not getting it. God uses online and digital stuff, but it's that corporate worship. And if you don't have it in your own heart, you can't give it to people And when we start gathering again, whenever that is, or even this week when you're preparing your message and recording it and sharing this weekend, you gotta have the presence of God. People are not missing church attendance. They're missing God's presence. And I'm challenged more than ever. And I'm challenging us as pastors and leaders more than ever. Go in the room, close the door, Find your axe head, get sharpened, get in God's presence. Don't borrow anything else. Borrow it from the Lord and then stand up and speak with boldness and be who you are, who God has called you to be. Don't borrow somebody else's giftings and somebody else's style and somebody else's leadership ability. God is calling you to pastor your church and your people At this time, and you need to be renewed in that. I speak that over you pastors right now. This is your hour. This is your moment. We're writing the history of the church right now, and it'll forever be marked in the history books. So rise up to the occasions and and be who God has called you to be.
2: I pray all of us write a really good letter. I really do. You know, I, I I I finished a series with the church on this, and you know, my last my last one was you know the lockdown library you know i remember when my kids were younger they used to borrow books from the library right and that got old really fast because i got a lot of fines because we were really good at and really keen to borrow and we were terrible about taking them back (laughs) and you just realize there's a penalty that gets put on you when you keep borrowing things and not returning them And so you realize there's just some things i need to own i need to own that sucker i'm just gonna buy it because my kids like it they're gonna read it 10 times the grandkids in the future might read it so we're just gonna buy it and own it there are some things you need in your library i want to say like randy just said over every leader there are some things you need in your library there are some things that there's no shock to your church need to know that you know how to grieve with those who grieve your church need to know that you understand how to be compassionate your church needs to know that you understand how to get into the word of God. They need to see that. And so I pray like Randy just said, that in this season, you'll add to the library shelf of your life something that no one can take from you because you got that in the belly of the whale. You got that in a revelation from God. You got that for yourself. That's what I'm praying and believing for every leader in this season.
0: Maybe our listeners can't see it, but I'm, I'm waving a handkerchief, you know, like old school church right here, Man. come on.
1: Oh man, I'm 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 like i write some notes for for myself. It's so good. Well, Pastor Charlotte, it really has been such an encouragement um, to us, but but to I know all of our listeners. Yeah. And you know, I thought Pastor Randy, what what Pastor Charlotte, would you pray yeah. over our listeners, leaders, and pastors that are going to come across this podcast? Um, and it might be in a different season than this, but how relevant this is for any season of life and the words that the Holy Spirit spoke through you. Would so would you pray? over over, over us before we end this conversation today?
2: Sure, I would love to.
1: Father, I thank you for every single leader that's
2: listening to these words.
1: God, you know exactly
2: the season that they are in and you know the exact circumstance that they are facing. And God, I pray for any that have put down the pen because they are frustrated or they are disappointed or they are even just distracted. I pray today they would have the courage to pick the pen back up and begin to write. Begin to write this season well. Begin to write this season, not from a place of frustration, but from a place of revelation. God, I pray today that eyes would be opened and ears would be opened to your voice, God. I pray for that sharpening to happen as they listen to these words. I pray it will be like iron sharpening iron. God, I pray today that every leader would go back to that place and ask themselves the questions that maybe because of busyness they have avoided, or maybe because they were running from like Jonah. But God, in this season, we would be vulnerable before you. We would get back on our knees before you. And God, we would say, make me the kind of leader that you have called me to be. God, take me deeper. God, reveal things to my heart. God, if I need to surrender, let it be that I surrender. If I need to stand up, let it be that I stand up. If I need to let something go, let it be that I let something go. God, I pray for brave and bold decisions in this season so that we step into the future seasons with such an infirmity in our heart that we know that we know we have these lessons on the shelf of our lives. God, I thank you for every leader. I thank you for their diligence, for their hard work, for their commitment. I pray refreshing. I pray for vision. I pray blessing over them and their family. And God, I pray that after hearing this today, they would just feel so encouraged inside their soul, knowing God that the best days, they really are ahead, God, because you have planned good things for all of our future. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. 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 Charlotte, I just so appreciate your friendship and your voice and your heart for the church. and for everything i know our leaders are going to be blessed today i know i've been blessed thank you for taking out time in your busy lockdown schedule
2: (laughs) i know we knew we'd be busier than ever in lockdown hey i love you guys the privilege to be with you and uh love to all the leaders listening it's been great to hang out
0: by the way charlotte so on on this uh, podcast on our resource page as well uh, we have uh, the ability to put resources on there, and so uh, you never ask for this. You never do, uh, but I am going to put your resources there on the RandyBZ.com website. So people need to listen to what you're saying. They need to read to what you've read what you've written, and uh, because your voice and the words that you speak and the words that you write. Uh, they are forever alive and people need to be a part of them. So I'm going to link those on there for our listeners to be a part and to grab those as well. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. We hope you join us for the next episode of the Relational Leader Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. For more resources, visit randybizette.com.